Good evening, good evening. I hope you are well. Welcome once again to this episode of The Blindfold. I am so happy to have a moment with you to share something really, really exciting, really, really relevant. And my prayer is that you will be blessed and that the things that we'll discuss today are things that are going to help you take a step forward, uh, move ahead in life, get closer to God and uh, manage this aspect um, in, a, in a better way. So today we are talking about the space between your prayer and your prayer getting answered. So I prayed, now what? You prayed, now what? What do you do when you pray? And you wait for your answer to come. I, I I decided to talk about this because there were times in my life when I would seek God for something, and whilst I'd be waiting for Him to respond and to answer, I would be I would be impatient, you know. And and when I became impatient. I would feel frustrated sometimes that the answer would not be coming in the in the time frame that I I, I, I would have loved it to come. And, and sometimes I, I didn't know exactly what to do to maintain the level of fervency that I have been applying at at, at the time of my prayer. Now to set this um, discussion rolling, I do want to mention that Prayer is supposed to be an ongoing process. We don't just come to pray to God for something and then we sit and wait for an answer to come. Prayer is more than just asking God for things. Prayer is is communing with God. It's communicating to God. Uh, uh, Prayer um, streams from the richness of your personal relationship with God. So... If you have a relationship with Jesus, it gets stronger, it gets deeper through prayer. I want you to understand that. And I want you to understand the context of what we are talking about. In this discussion, we are saying, I petitioned God for something. What do I do now? How do I avoid falling in a trap of frustration? Because most of the times, the things that we pray for are things that are dear to us. And sometimes it can be very, very difficult to maintain that momentum when, you are in, uh, when you're in, in, in a deep need of that thing, when you're in, in a desperate need of an answer from God. So that's what we are talking about today. I'm going to share with you part of my experiences, part of what the Word of God says. And, and my prayer is that you will, you will get something here, something that you can use and that you will find victory in this area. Okay, most of the people are blinded in this area. We do not know what to do when we pray. You know, we, we don't know what disposition to take when we pray. And hence, we find ourselves being tempted, falling into frustration, failing to deal with the challenges that are coming towards us because our eyes are so fixated on on, on, on the prayer that we made and God being able to come through immediately to sort out my answer. Now, <clears throat> in talking about this, I, I want to bring out 
one attribute of God. Okay, so our God is triune. He's uh, three in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the triune God. And he has different attributes. But this topic is not about the attributes of God. But just that one of these attributes is going to help us understand what we are talking about today. One of the attributes of God is that God is sovereign. All right? It's the sovereignty of God. What that means is that God rules and controls all of his creation, including human affairs. Um, God sits on the universe's throne as Lord. Okay, that's what his sovereignty means. And we need to understand that everything that happens comes about because he either directly causes it or he permits it to occur. So nothing enters into history or could ever exist outside of history that does not come under God's absolute control. <clears throat> so in trying to let God answer our prayers, we need to understand that there is nothing that comes into history other than that which God either allows or causes. Alright. This is an important point to understand and that's what the sovereignty of God means. I want to briefly take you through the story of Job. You know the story of Job, how he lost everything, lost his family and, and he was in a very bad place where um, the only option was to curse God and die. But you understand that after the entire process, God restored everything to him and um, restored to him more. What I get from that story is that it wasn't about what Job had. It was about what God did in the life of Job at the end. Another thing I get from that story is that Job never understood why those things were happening to him. We do know from the word of God that all those things happened because of a discussion between God and Satan. It had nothing to do with Job per se. And all that Job began to see is all these afflictions coming on in his life, not understanding why. Being an honorable man, being faithful to God, went through all of those things. But we see at the end of the day that when God restored everything to him, Job was not the person that he was from the beginning. And it's a very, very important point to understand. You see, before we begin to ask God for all of these things, we need to understand what is it that God is doing in my life, first of all. The situation that I am praying God for, maybe you're praying God for a job, maybe you're seeking God for ABCD, maybe there's something you're going through and you want God to, to take you out of. The question you need to ask yourself is why is that thing in your life? Before we start talking to God about this, you need to ask God, why have you allowed this in my life? Or why have you caused 
this in my life. Okay. This is not to say that God is going to answer you. But the reason why I explained all of these things from the beginning so that you understand that it's it's not like God is out of con- out of control in terms of what you're going through. It's not like he doesn't have any ability to intervene. It is not like he doesn't have any direct involvement in what you're going through. He is actually involved in what you're going through. He actually caused it or he has allowed it. So we need to establish from the word God that God is involved in what you're going through. As exemplified by the story of Job. Now, looking at the sovereignty of God, we need to understand that God is in control of everything. And trying to get a few scriptures to quantify this i'll read from job 23 13 job 23 13 says that um give me a moment it says but he is unchangeable and who can turn him back what he desires he does job 42 and verse 2 Job 42 and verse 2 says I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted this is all about the sovereignty of God there are a lot more scriptures I'll quote one more for the sake of context here and for the sake of properly understanding this God is in the heavens he does all that he pleases the most important point I want you to take away is that when we seek God for something when we pray to God for something we need to understand that while we can um, petition God for something we do not have the power to dictate how he's going to answer our prayer because at that particular point his sovereignty kicks in we are not going to twist God's arm and say God answer me this way you know answer my prayer on this day on this particular time of the hour we need to understand that God is in the heavens and all and he does all that he pleases. And we also need to understand that his ways are higher than us. His thinking is deeper than us. To put it simply, we cannot scrutinize God. Okay? That's when faith comes in. Because the temptation after I have prayed is to have that answer come so quickly such that I shouldn't have to live in faith. Because when I pray, I need to believe that I have received. And that believing is an application of faith. So the temptation is, God, I have prayed, answer me so I don't have to dwell into faith for so long. I understand that. Because the Bible also says to fight the good fight of faith, 
meaning if faith was easy it wouldn't be a fight it's a battle and in my own experience when you pray the when you petition God through your prayers it is just like starting a car the battle has only begun when you finish praying towards a, towards something even if you pray repetitively the fight is a fight of faith it's a battle that is ongoing and the battle only begins when you petition God because you still have to fight the good fight of faith i want to give you something i want to give you something that most people don't have never ever looked at because i think <clears throat> I think that faith shouldn't be taught on its own. I think we shouldn't teach faith just on its own. Have faith in God on its own. No, no, no. Looking at the sovereignty of God like we've talked about, I feel we need to teach faith after we have taught people how to rest in the peace of god because when you rest in the peace of god because the bible says that the peace of god surpasses all understanding the peace of god surpasses all understanding and it is what you put on on your foot it is the gospel of peace <clears throat> when you put that on you are going to have traction because according to ephesians 6 faith by using the analogy of a roman soldier is a shield a shield of faith that shields you from all the fiery darts of the enemy but you need to understand that the shield must be lifted and the shield is quite heavy but what is going to maintain your momentum in the application of your faith it is the gospel of peace let's turn to ephesians 6 so we can get to the nitty gritty of this all right We're talking about the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6. I will start from uh, Okay, for the sake of context, let me read it from verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Okay? So you and I are in a battle. Like it or not, we're in a battle. Against this present darkness, the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. That being the case, therefore take up the whole armor of God. It doesn't just say armor, it says the whole armor. That you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all 
to stand firm stand firm so therefore having fastened the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and this is where i want to draw your attention to verse 15 of chapter 6 and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace verse 16 in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one have you noticed that verse 15 is talking about the gospel of peace verse 16 is now talking about the shield of faith it is not a coincidence that verse 15 is first and 16 is second 15 comes before 16 it is not a coincidence that the shield sorry the gospel of peace comes before the shield of faith because if you're going to lift a shield to protect you against those fiery darts you need traction on your feet how do we interpret all of this in practical terms it's very very simple you see when you are in the battle of prayer when you are in the the fight of faith when you are praying and you're waging war and you're believing god for things you are going to lose if you neglect the peace of god because eventually you're going to be overwhelmed because you're in a battle you're going to lose traction and you're going to fall but peace is a foundation for faith as you pray my friend as you seek god for all of these things you need to understand that immediately when you finish praying rest in the peace of god But why did I start talking about sovereignty in the first place? Because by resting in the peace of God you're resting in the understanding that says that God is sovereign. He does what he pleases, how he pleases. How how he does them, when he does them. You have to trust God that even as I have prayed, he will answer my prayers in a way that is in his will and enhances his purposes for me <clears throat> peace of god gives you the strength to thrive in faith sometimes you may get tired i've been believing this thing for a very long time you need to go back in the peace of god and rest you need to have the peace of god that surpasses all understanding because the peace of god says that i have done my part i am praying i am seeking god that is a sovereign god i will rest in him i have the peace in me and i'll allow god to do what he does so you're not just asking god to do something but you are in a constant relationship with him that is founded on the peace of god and that peace allows you to go on another mile and another mile and another now it is no coincidence that we have the richest people in the world who can't have peace 
they think they can buy peace with their money but it is not until you find Jesus that you actually find peace and that you'll be able to find rest in this life I challenge you as you wage war as you pray as you walk in faith for so many different things make a deliberate step after you have prayed after you are in battle rest in the peace of God when you are praying you lift up your shield of faith but at the same time rest in the peace of God that balance will help you stay in faith and it will deal with any temptation or frustration before because when you feel like being frustrated you will rest in the peace of God because you know that you are serving a sovereign God you know that you know that I may not understand this. I may not understand why it's taking long. I may not understand why it hasn't come yet. I prayed for so long. God told me he would give it to me. Why isn't he giving it to me? You're not going to get hung up with all those details because you know he's a sovereign God. And because he's a sovereign God, he does it in his own way. He does it however he pleases. And, and, and he doesn't allow anything to come to you other than that which he allows in his hands. He's in control. You rest in the peace of God. And tomorrow, you will wake up with new faith, stronger faith, to say he will do it. I encourage you. I hope this has been helpful because this is something that has helped me in my life. When I feel like giving up, I just rest in the peace of God. And when I wake up tomorrow, I'm thriving, believing, praying in faith, fighting in faith. When I feel exhausted, I rest in the peace of God. Rest in the peace of God. So, peace is the foundation for faith. When you apply these two elements in your life, you have a much, much stronger basis for thriving in your faith. I pray that God answers your prayer. I pray that you get closer to God. And I pray that all things may work together for you who is called according to the purposes of God. And that you, you who loves him, you would experience him in a, in a deeper and mighty way. If you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you do not know him as God. I want to invite you because you cannot apply the things that I've talked about tonight if you do not know him, if you don't have a personal relationship with him. Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you came and you lived a life that is an example to me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior, in Jesus' name, amen. Congrats to you, you're part of the family. I pray that God blesses you and that you find a Bible-believing church where your faith can grow, where you can fellowship with other believers and where you can see God work in the lives of others as much as you want him to work in your life. God bless you and thank you for joining me tonight. I'll see you all again next time. Don't forget to check out this episode on Anchor FM. You can search for Elias Chilesh on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you'll be able to find all of this information. God bless you. Have a blessed night.